you ever feel like, man, I really think I could probably be growing more in my relationship with God? And, or I just feel like as a person, I could probably do better at just growing, uh, period, you know, as a, as a person with my character, my integrity, and, and everything. And, 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 and you wonder why you're not as growing as fast as you want, or what you could do maybe to do better, or what all that. And, and so this morning, I just want to start off with the scripture, Matthew chapter 4. Um, Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, remember these guys were fishermen, they were, they were just the same guys, you know, just living their lives, and Jesus says, and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, and immediately they got up and they followed him, and what they realized was they had an opportunity in front of them to become different. We're in a series called Different. Basically talking about the different values that Summit Church has, know God, grow in your faith, make impact. And they realized they had an opportunity right in front of them to take a risk, take a little journey, and that perhaps they could get off of this cycle that they've been in, that their father was on, their great-grandfather, all the that's all they knew how to do was fish, not that fishing's wrong. Fishing's wonderful, but, but that for, for them, they knew that there was something more in their life, and so they followed Jesus, and they began to grow in their faith. And that's what we're challenged to do. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said these words. He says, why do you worry about your clothes? But see, everybody say see, how the flowers of the field grow. Everybody say grow. They don't labor, they don't spin. The word see is an incredible word. In the original language, it was written in the New Testament. It says the word see means to diligently study, to passionately learn, to vigorously do research, to actively observe. And so Jesus is pointing out the lilies, the flowers of the field, and he's not saying, hey, look how pretty the flowers are. Isn't that cool? No, he's not saying that. He goes, I want you to consider this. I want you to consider how these things grow. What we need to know and what we need to learn and what we need to study is how do I grow as a person? How do I develop the, the purpose and the calling and, that God has in my life? How does that happen? What does that look like? And that's what Jesus is telling you. He's challenging us. You need to learn how to grow because if something's healthy, it's going to grow. And he wants you to grow. Because, and ultimately, we all know that the, the only way to grow is to be in the presence of God. I mean, you, you can't make yourself be in the presence. I mean, God draws you into his presence and there's this hunger that begins to develop within you. And as you spend time with God, you begin to be transformed. In fact, after Jesus had died and went to, uh, back to with the, with the Father. He leaves the disciples there and right out of the gate, they're, they're, they're preaching, they're teaching. These guys that were just fishermen, that were tax collectors, that were a doctor was amongst them. They, they were just ordinary guys. And they begin to just talk and preach. And the Bible says in Acts 4, when they people saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled. They were ordinary men. They were just typical people, and they were astonished that they, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, when you spend time with Jesus, when you just have some, some alone time with him and you, you're, you're in his presence, he will transform you into a person that other people don't even recognize. You don't need PhDs, not that that's wrong. You don't need doctorate degrees, not that that's wrong. You don't need all those things. What you really need is to spend time with Jesus. And when you spend time with Jesus, he will transform you that people don't even recognize who you are anymore. 
Turn to somebody and say, you need to spend time with Jesus. Will you just tell them that for me? Just go ahead. Just tell them you need to spend time with Jesus. I don't know what in the world you're doing. Spend time with Jesus. I want to give you really quickly this morning the laws of growth. Laws of growth. Number one, we're going to grow. We will grow when we expect to grow. Matthew 9, two men are blind. They're following and crying out to Jesus, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy. And when he had gone indoors, Jesus, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Jesus turns and says to the blind men, do you believe that I'm able to do this? In other words, do you expect me to do something for you? Do you expect me to do something for you? See, here's the deal. Many times in our lives, we become so used to the addiction, that the routine, the habit, the, the lack of progress, the, uh, the, the rejection, the insecurity, the person that we are, we become so used to that it actually becomes over time our identity. These two men were known in the community not as Joe or Phil, they were known as the two blind guys in our community. It was their identity. It's all they'd known. They, they didn't know anything probably other than just sitting at the synagogue begging for someone to give them a few alms and money. They didn't know how to live life other than be led around. They didn't know any, what, how to live life other than just being blind. Jesus had to raise their expectations. Are, do you expect me to do something and intervene and for things to change right here? And the question comes to all of us. Do you expect... God to do something in your life that, he's ne that you never perhaps ever thought could ever happen? Do you believe that God could transform your marriage? Do you believe and expect God to literally raise your child that has walked away from God and bring him back to the cross? Do you expect God to intervene in your finances and do a miracle? Do you expect God to intervene in your, in your health and do something that's called a miracle? Do you expect it or are you just gonna say, that's just who I am? And she said, I gotta ask you, what are you expecting? What, what? No, we wanna see. Jesus goes, that's all I need to know. And they, they were healed. Do you expect God to intervene? You see, many times your issue just is your identity. And God is coming and challenging our expectancy. Just imagine what your life would be like this time next year if you really expected God to intervene with all of his power and all of his wisdom and all of his might and all of his character and all of his spirit. Imagine what your life would be like. Do you expect to hear from God? Do you expect to be led by God's spirit? Do you expect? You have to expect. Number two, if I'm gonna grow, I will grow when I develop good habits. You know, you do something 21 days. We've had 21 days of prayer and fasting going on. We finally finalized it today. Today's our last day of prayer and fasting. Thank you all for doing that and seeking the Lord last 21. And you get comfortable doing that. But you do it another 21 days, guess what happens? It becomes ingrained in your life. The Bible says, Hebrews 5, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use, everybody say constant use, have trained themselves 
to distinguish good from evil. Wise decisions are made when you develop good habits. Bank tellers are not trained necessarily to learn what counterfeit money looks like. They're taught how to just handle money, real money. And over the course of weeks and months of handling real money, when they come across something that's counterfeit, they know it. Not because they looked at it, because they felt it. They are so used to being with this that they recognize something when it wasn't this. And when you spend time with the Lord and develop a habit of being with the Lord, then guess what? You begin to, to, to understand it, what life really, how it's supposed to be lived and not everything else that the enemy offers is counterfeit. How come successful people are different than unsuccessful people? Simply because one group is willing to develop more good habits than the other one is. That's all. If you develop the, the habits the habits will develop you. You can write that one down, that's a good one. If you develop the habit, the habit will develop you. You're nothing more than a summation of the habits that you've developed. You can't blame your mom, your grandma, your dad, your past, your life, you can't blame all that. You are simply where you are because of the habits that you have chosen to develop. 1 Corinthians 9.25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. In other words, they develop habits that will get them down the race faster, down the road. And they do it to get the crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I want to give you quickly, talking about habits, four healthy habits that you can develop that will literally change your life. Number one, the first one, is the habit of weekly worship gatherings. We just being here. I mean, you, you've got a good habit going on just being here. And, and we're, we're glad you're here. And here's what happens. When you are here, you don't even realize the power of what's happening in the corporate gathering. When you come together as a group of people, there's like this magnification of Christ that you can't get on your own in an isolated place. Uh, and look what the Bible says when people began to get together. This was the description of the first church, the early church. The first church right out of the gates, first century church. This is how th th they were described. In Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They, they, they continued to meet together just like this. They continued to come together as a body. Every day they came and they broke bread in their homes. They ate together. And get this, this is what I love. With glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And as a result, what did the Lord do? The Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. See, that's what I want people to say about Summit Church. I want them to say, hey, you know them people at Summit? That, you know, I don't know, but... Seems like every time I run into them, they're just glad people. They're just happy. They're glad. They're just like they, it's like, you know, every, they're, they're experiencing the same things that well, I'm experiencing, but, but they don't have the same approach or attitude. I, they're just happy people. And I want them to say that they're sincere. Those, those people, that, they're, they're, that summer church, man, they're just sincere people. They're authentic. They're the real deal. They're, they're not pulling your chain. They're, they're what they say they are, that's who they are. And what they do, I mean, it's full of integrity and character. They're just sincere people. And, and, and not only that, but they love praising God. 
I mean, they just like, they just love being in the prayer. I don't know what's going on. They love being. They love that praise stuff. It's just like in in their in their bones, you know. I, but I, I, we were playing pickleball yesterday, and uh, we were at this little park playing pickleball, and we're just getting the ball back and forth. And somebody rolled up uh, in a couple of courts near us, and and uh, they put a little sound box there and began to play music, and. It was soft, it wasn't you know, loud, and it was soft. But, but as I was listening to it and playing, I'm hearing it's praise and worship music. It's stuff that we sing here. And, I'm, and it's messing my game up. You know, I'm like. I, I, I didn't know what to praise and worship or I, because when I hear praise and worship, you know, I, I, something starts going on inside of me. Come on, somebody. I, I just feel like, man, I, I got to love on the Lord a little bit. Something starts stirring in my spirit. And that's what the early church, they, 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 they were glad, they were sincere, they were glad, they were sincere, they, they were praisers, and, they, and they, they grew and they had this favor of God on their lives. Listen, when you get around God's people and you begin to make connections with people that love the Lord and you start seeing the favor of God coming upon your lives, that's what I want the people to say about us. Don't you think that would be a good thing for people to say? I do. The Bible says that they, another habit that we need to get as well is the habit of small groups. The habit of small groups. Like I said, they, they just met in homes. And I, and I can say this, we grow when we help other people grow. As you're helping someone else grow, you're gonna naturally grow yourself. We were having times of prayer this past week and every morning and uh, we would gather at the end of our, our prayer time and w one of the days, uh, Pastor Kemp, um, Holden, he's up in Oklahoma preaching in Comanche, Oklahoma right now. And uh, so he was... He, he shared something as we were kind of finishing up. We've been praying about friendships and friends and people like that. And, and he said, you know, I will say this, as only Pastor Kemp could say, anything of value in my life has come as a result of relationships. I was like, I'm gonna have to write that one down. Because it's so true, anything of value in your life has only come as a result of relationships. He said, my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my children, my relationship with my grandchildren, my relationship with my church, my brothers, my sisters. Anything of value in your life will come as a result of relationships. You need relationships. Do you know in the Bible, there are 56 one another verses in the Bible. In your, in, your, in your Bible, there's 56 one another verses. Very intriguing. I, I looked up a few of them up and wrote them down for you. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. 1 Thessalonians 4, therefore encourage one another. 1 Peter 4, 
Offer hospitality to one another. Ephesians 5, submit to one another. Zechariah 7, administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. And it goes on, there's other one another. Serve one another, pray for one another, care for one another, help one another, share with one another, build up one another. The Bible is filled with one another. And you can't have one another if there's not another with you. It's just you, all by yourself. In your room, in your isolation, in your whatever you're at, you gotta have someone else if you're gonna have a one another. You can't even love someone if you don't have another. You can't serve one person, another, if there's not someone to serve. That's why we need one another. I need you so I can learn what love is. And you need me so you can learn what love is. We need one another so we can encourage, learn what that, that is. So we can learn what submitting to one another, how we can show what honoring one another is. All these things we learn because we have one another. Isn't that good? We need one another. And so that's the most important thing you can ever learn is how to love people. It's the most important thing you can ever learn. And you, in the old days, they, they, there's some religions that say, well, if you want to be a loving person and love God and all that, you need to climb a mountain up in Nepal and join a monastery or get in a cliff somewhere or, you know, go out into the woods, you know, like Emerson and, and just, you know, be by yourself and then you'll become a better person. And Jesus comes along and challenges all that. Here's the son of God. He comes along and, and, and he's, and he doesn't spend all of his time, you know, out by himself. Yeah, in the 40 days when he first started, he asked there was that going on. And there time to time he would do some praying with the Father and out in the Mount of Olives and things. But for the most part, when you look at Jesus' life, he was mingling around people. I mean, his, his first miracle out the gate, he was at a seven-day party called a wedding. He was just, he was like, whoa, come on, let's, Love on God and celebrate these people. Come on, he, he was the party animal. I mean, he would go to, he would go to uh, uh, Lazarus's house and Martha and Mary's house. And he was go, he'd go walking down the street, see a guy up in a tree, go, come on down, let's get together and have a party and eat together, have some fun together. He loved being around people because, because he knew what was in him would come out of him and into them. And, and he knew that, 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 that he, he could show love by being around one another. And so small groups, is is the way that we have chosen and believe that God has chosen for us to get our eyes off of ourselves. Do you know what the most selfish person in the world is? Is a baby. It is? You ever had a baby? Of course you have. Been around a baby. Me, 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 mine, 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 mine. Mine, my, if it looks like yours, it's still mine. If it was yours, it's mine. If it looks like it's fun, it's mine. If it's broken, it's yours, but everything else is mine. <laughs> They're self-centered, all they think about is themselves. And when you are, when you are a self-absorbed, selfish person, all you think about is you. You don't have time for a small group. You don't want to be in a small group. And let me just tell you, the very reason you don't want to be in a small group is why you need to be in a small group. I don't like being around people. That's why you need to be in a small group. Well, I don't like people. Well, that's why you need to be in a small group. 
I don't want people in my business. That's why you need to be in a small group. What if they did get too close to me? I don't want people getting too close to me. That's why you need to be in a small group. I mean, if you don't sign up for a small group, if you don't even consider the thought after today, I'm just gonna have to fast and pray 21 more days. I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say. Look at this, uh, Hebrews 10, we'll have a worship team come. Let us hold unswervingly to this hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, let us just, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's just take a moment and consider what if life really is about others? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And the third habit, real quickly, we gotta finish. The habit of daily Bible reading. Getting the word inside of you. Knowing the word of God. I'll just give you this one verse and we'll go to number four. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. God challenges Joshua and he says to him, Joshua, if you will meditate on this word day and night, if you'll put this in your spirit, if you'll put it in, in your heart and just meditate on it day and night, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna prosper you and you'll be successful. I believe that being prosperous and being successful has a lot to do to the degree that you put this in your heart, in your life. And number four, the habit of prayer. Prayer is not so much in telling God what you want, but it's becoming what God's called you to be. That's the purpose of prayer. It's coming into his presence and, and saying, God, what's on your heart? And the greatest days of my life are the days I pray. And the most sorrowful days of my life are the days I don't pray. Prayer needs to be a huge part of our habits of our life. And the third thing, the last thing about when it comes to grow, I grow when I choose to grow. Growing isn't automatic. You have to choose to grow. And I will just say this as we close, and you've probably maybe heard me say this before, but you are as close to God right now as you've chosen to be. I, Jeremiah, I'm James 4, 8, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. You are as close to God as you wanna be. Let me say it like this. Where you are in your relationship with God right now is where you've chosen to be. If you wanted to be really tight with the Lord, you can do that. It's up to you. It's your choice. If you just want to be kind of lukewarm and just kind of go with the flow and show up every once in a while and just, just kind of hang around the fringe, it's your choice. But that's where you'll be. But if you want to grow, if you want to become absolutely everything that God imagined you could be when he created you, you can be that.
you can be that. The only thing holding you back is you. If you expect to grow, you'll grow. If you choose to grow, you'll grow. And if you create the right habits in your life, you will grow. And we will become the happy church, the sincere church, the praising church, and the church with God's favor in our lives. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. prayer teams, come stand up here with me, if you would, this morning. In a room this size, I'm sure there's people that won't, you came, you walked in this door, you came this morning, and you were like, maybe not even knowing why you're here, just drawn here. Maybe you were invited by someone. We're glad you're here. But you know, really, the real reason you may be here is because God's calling you and saying, would you come to me? Can we be one together? Will you not run from me anymore? Will you choose to ask me to come into your heart? Will you let me, the, give me the privilege and the honor of living your life through you? Would you surrender to me? Everybody's eyes open, heads up. You say, I'm not ashamed. I want Jesus. I, I want you, I'm gonna make him the Lord of my life. I'm gonna do that. Today I'm making my decision. I'm following after the Lord. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Come on, raise your hand. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm following after, yes. Anybody else, I'm coming after Jesus. I'm inviting him, I'm surrendering myself to the Lord. Anybody, yes. Yes and yes and yes. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? I want Jesus. I want the Lord. I'm gonna follow after him. Thank you so much for raising your hands. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer, is I call it, I call it a salvation prayer. It's where you're, you're totally serious about this thing with the Lord. This isn't a fly-by-night little prayer. This is, this is it. You're making a decision. The Bible says that if we will repent, then we can come to Him. Repent means you're going this way, you repent, and now you're going this way. And so those that raise your hand, in fact, in fact all of us, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. If we could all pray the prayer, but especially those that raise your hand, would you pray this together? Lord Jesus, I come to you today broken. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want to grow. And I want to know you. So I give you full permission to come into my heart. I surrender. And thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyway, can we give God some praise for those that raised their hand? Thank you for lifting your hand and joining us in that. I just want you to know that you have, you have brothers and sisters right now. You have brothers and sisters. We are your family. 
when you raise your hand, what we invite you to do is to go out into the bistro tables in the lobby, those that prayed that prayer. We wanna give you a Bible. We wanna give you some materials. Once you get a little card and say, man, I accepted Jesus, we wanna stay in touch with you. For everybody else in the room this morning, number one, we have communion over here in a minute. For those that want communion, remember Wednesday night. But I wanna have one more prayer. And I just wanna just pray over you that we take a journey together to grow. Together, we'll grow together. If you would commit that to me and say, man, I wanna grow together with you, JP. Come on, would you just stand to your feet right now, right where you're at? Let me just say a prayer together. Our worship team is gonna worship us out of the doors this morning as I close with this prayer. Father God, right now in Jesus' name. In fact, why don't we do this? Why don't you touch somebody on the shoulder? Would you just do that to somebody right next to you on the shoulder? Father God, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, that you love us and you desire for us to grow. And Lord God, we commit to that growth process. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us a way to grow. That it's not left up to us, that there is a way that we can grow. And so Lord, today we lean in to that process. We're gonna develop better habits. We're gonna love the body of Christ. We're gonna develop small groups. And Lord God, we're gonna grow. and We're gonna become different in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Come on, give Jesus a hand of praise. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.